Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we debunk the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. And today, I think we're going to have plenty of facts to clarify about breastfeeding as related to pregnancy and lactation and vitamin D. I have with me Dr. Carol Wagner. Dr. Wagner, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. For those of you who don't know her, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Dr. Carol Wagner. She attended Brown University and received her A.B. degree in human biology and her M.D. degree from Boston University School of Medicine in 1986. She came to the Medical University of South Carolina, MUSC, in 1992 after completing both her pediatrics residency and neonatal perinatal fellowship at the University of Rochester in Rochester, New York. She is board certified in both pediatrics and neonatal perinatal medicine. She was promoted to professor of pediatrics in 2006, and she was named associate director of MUSC's Nexus Research Center in January 2006. Dr. Wagner has a wealth of experience concerning the conduct of basic and translational research, and in particular, in mentoring students, residency, residents, and junior faculty in the design of both translational and basic science studies. Her areas of interest include human milk and lactation, vitamin D requirements during pregnancy and lactation and early childhood, neonatal nutrition, preterm infant gut maturation, and the trophic effects of human milk. She has over 130 publications in peer-reviewed journals and has been the principal and co-investor on numerous NIH, that is National Institute of Health, um, and foundation grants. So, I cannot tell you how honored I am, how humbled I feel to have Dr. Carol Wagner with us today as we talk about vitamin D. So help us here. We need to have just a, a basic understanding of why is vitamin D so important during pregnancy and lactation? Why are those two stages in the lifespan different from anything else? Well, Vitamin D is important for all of us. Uh, traditionally, we uh, knew it was important for bone and calcium, so bone health and calcium. And why it's important during pregnancy and lactation is because the mother uh, during pregnancy is supporting the growth of the fetus, and during lactation, that's the mom is the if it's an exclusively breastfeeding mom she is the sole source of nutrition for her baby but really why is vitamin d important we used to think that it was just for bone metabolism to prevent rickets and thin bones yes and then 
we started uh, studying its other effects on various cells in the body. So uh, immunity in particular. It was known for uh, probably decades and um, about tuberculosis and sunlight. Mm. And it ended up being that vitamin D was really important for that. And back in the Industrial Revolution, when we had um, horrible air quality in uh, many of the cities in Europe, they found that children who were not exposed to sunlight um, had much greater risk of rickets. And so it became known as the sunshine vitamin. So our main source of vitamin D in our body is through our skin. But if we never go outside... Uh, you can imagine that you don't make this very important, and it's really not just a vitamin. It's a vitamin in the sense that you can get it from foods, but it's actually a steroid uh, hormone, and it's made in the skin. So the the main source of vitamin D is through the skin. And if a mom who's pregnant is vitamin D deficient, then her developing baby, her developing fetus is deficient, and the same applies to if a mom is vitamin D deficient during lactation, then her milk is going to be vitamin D deficient. And so you can imagine, Marie, that we get around that by suggesting that all breastfeeding babies get a vitamin D supplement. Yes. And certainly that makes a lot of sense when you're saying, well, I think you're saying what probably uh, many people say, which is simply, if the mother goes into lactation vitamin deficient in something, she's already setting herself, or I should say setting her baby up for being at risk for being low in that vitamin. And, yes. And Dr. Wagner Review me here because I think everybody understands the sunlight and the fact that uh, it's related to the uh, calcium in the bones and, and rickets and all of that. But it is my understanding that they've also found, uh, they being you as well, I'm sure, that it, it boosts the innate uh, immune system that is the immune system that all of us are born with. And then um, the specific immune system as well. That's true. It it just go it goes beyond the calcium metabolism, the calcium absorption from your GI tract. So, vitamin D when it's made in the skin, or if you ingest it in a food, um, for example, mushrooms have a really good amount of vitamin D, or salmon um, oh, is yeah. another source of vitamin D. Uh, and so yes, on. exactly. So the, the vitamin D is absorbed, and but it's the it's we call it a pre-pro hormone form. So then it's metabolized in the liver to 25 hydroxy vitamin D. So that's just a fancy name for um, a metabolite of vitamin D. And we used to think then that is the, a good amount of that goes to the kidneys where it's made into the active hormone we call that 125 dihydroxy vitamin d and but what we know now is that immune cells in the body 
So monocytes, macrophages, lymphocytes, um, so cells that are part of the innate, the, the most primitive basic immune system that we have, um, and and then lymphocytes, which are part of the adaptive immune system making antibodies, um, that there are receptors to vitamin D and that these um, cells, if um, function best when uh, an individual is vitamin D replete. And so you can imagine if a woman is pregnant um, that being profoundly vitamin D deficient would have implications for the outcome of her pregnancy. Uh, And we also know that if a mom right at the very early stages of pregnancy is vitamin D deficient, that it appears to impact on placental function, placental development. And mm-hmm. and it may be that its most important part um, in, in what we see in pregnant women is that the vitamin D um, metabolite, the active hormone, 125-dihydroxyvitamin um, D, I'll just refer to it as 125, it skyrockets during pregnancy. No other time in the life cycle is it that high. And we think it has to do with the fact that the mother has a set of of genes, of chromosomes, right? And when um, the baby is born, half of the genes in the baby are from the father. And, and so that can cause kind of a graft versus host reaction. So mom's body would see that foreign. Yet. Right, and, right. Um, and so... And effectively, when a mom has preeclampsia, it's almost like that. She's almost rejecting her body. Um, She develops a vasculitis. And the only treatment for that is early delivery. And so we think that vitamin D is really, really essential in the early stages of pregnancy. Um, And so we um, have um, shown in... In our studies, um, we looked at placentas and we looked at genes in women who um, delivered, um, who were vitamin D sufficient versus those who were vitamin D replete. And we saw differences in the genes. And other people have shown, I mean, there are just so many genes that are affected by vitamin D. Um, And you might ask, Marie, why is it that some studies show... (laughs) No yes. effect, right? You yeah, know. I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I consider myself reasonably able to read research studies, but you're going to need to explain to me why is it that some studies suggest that vitamin D is just, eh, you know, kind of a minimal role with all of this, and other studies say, no, 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 it's really super important. So how, how can you reconcile these two diverging results? Uh, well, so it is a complicated system, and part of it has to do with the clinical trials. So I'm focusing on pregnancy and lactation. But during pregnancy, some of the things that might differ are when do you start the supplementation? So do oh. you start it really, really early in pregnancy, or, you know, is the horse out of that barn? And, yeah, yeah. Um, or um, they... they um, choose the the study design may be that they're choosing a trivial amount of vitamin D. So we recommend 
so the American Academy of Pediatrics, um, other, um, you know, the American Academy of Family Practitioners, um, the World Health Organization doesn't really come out and say things, but, um, yeah, (laughs) but, um, at least in the U.S., we recommend 400 international units for breastfeeding infants. Um, and those infants whose intake of formula is less than a liter a day. Uh, so 400 international units for a baby who's three kilograms, so six or seven pounds, right? Wow. Yep. And, and when she says liter, she means a little less than a quart. Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay, and yet we're, and what's in a prenatal vitamin? 400 international units. So uh, a mom may be anywhere from 100, 200, 300 pounds, and we're we're saying, okay, you know, what's good for a newborn? That's all the mom needs. And it used to be when you only looked at bone metabolism, that's what it seemed. But as we look at the cells, the immune cells, and we start really... Looking at that, um, we see differences um, in the body in terms of the response of those cells. But um, when you're trying to show, let's say, a difference in outcome during pregnancy, um, you might not show any differences because, as I mentioned, it could be that the timing of when the supplement is started or it could be that um, the woman is... um, you know, she might start at a very lower level. So how how you start out, are you really, really deficient or are you sufficient? There's so many factors that influence that. And so, so presumably if the if one woman was very deficient before she got pregnant, you can't really put her in the same league with the woman who was sufficient. And and I realize those definitions are all different, but uh, yes. and as well as you can't put a hundred pound woman in the same category with a 300-pound woman, and yet you're probably giving her the same 400 IUs, right? Absolutely. And so one woman starts it at, you know, eight weeks into her pregnancy. One woman starts it before she is pregnant. One woman doesn't start it until she's in her third trimester. And so you're saying that that will will make the data look different, make the results seemingly different. when, When in fact... It, that may or may not be accurate. It's just that that those are the best numbers that we have at the moment, right? Absolutely. Right. And we'll later on talk about there are some genetic differences, so that can impact how you metabolize vitamin D. And by that, I'm not sure if I'm following you or not. By that, do you mean things like the darker skin? melanin, that sort of thing? Or are you talking about just playing a different set of genes? Uh, both. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. So essentially then, even though the AAP and others have come out with saying that the baby needs 400 IUs of supplementation, and as I have read it, it's shortly after birth, okay, you're saying that the baseline which the mother started with and which the baby started with, uh, that's going to be a little different from one couplet to another couplet. Exactly. Got it. 
All righty. All right. I'm hoping that all of you are following what Dr. Carol Wagner is talking about here because I find this totally fascinating. And when we come back, I'm going to ask her to expound more on uh, the vitamin D and specifically as related to the studies that she has conducted. But uh, I want to give her a chance to say all of that before we uh, I don't want to interrupt her while she's talking. So don't go away. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. 
I'm here today with Dr. Carol Wagner, and she just explained to us why vitamin D is so important during pregnancy and lactation. And then she talked a little bit about why some studies say, yes, this is super important, and other studies say, hmm, doesn't really make that much difference. And that really brings me to what is seemingly the next question, which is, What does Dr. Carol Wagner say? She has done studies herself. And so, uh, Dr. Wagner, enlighten us here. First, talk to us about the studies that you've done with uh, pregnancy and then the uh, ones during lactation. I I presume that it's easiest to uh, attack it that way. If you see otherwise, uh, go ahead. Uh, So, our first study that we did, I work with uh, Dr. Bruce Hollis, who's really one of the premier uh, vitamin D uh, scientists in the world. world. uh, Yeah. And and so uh, back in uh, around 2000, he said, you know, Carol, we really don't know what is the optimal dose of vitamin D during pregnancy. And for that matter, lactation. And so our quest began. And our first study was funded by the National Institutes of um, Child Health and Human Development, NICHD. And that started in 2004. It was rather um, a bit of heresy that we were suggesting um, twice at that particular time, it was um, twice the amount that the Institute of Medicine was recommending um, as the upper limit of vitamin D. So we were studying limb there. <laughs> yeah, we did. I actually, um, I was, I was considered a heretic. Yeah, that. <laughs> and um, so we were saying, so what's in a prenatal vitamin? Four hundred international units, and we were comparing that to 2,000 international units a day um, versus 4,000. And we found, and we had, we substratified by race, ethnicity. So we had equal numbers of um, African-American, white, and Hispanic women. And what we found was across the board, 4,000 international units a day was better at achieving vitamin D sufficiency earlier in pregnancy, and that was sustained. But you can imagine, this is a fat-soluble vitamin. Yeah, and I was just going to ask that. Yep. Yeah, and so it's possible to have too much vitamin D. And you can imagine the concern if you're giving too much vitamin D during pregnancy. It could have adverse effects yeah, on the fetus. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay. So for the first time in the history uh-huh. of a vitamin, we were required by the... Um, Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, to get an investigational new drug number for vitamin D. And it took us four months of writing and so forth to get that. So anyway, we finally did, and we conducted this study, and we were under close scrutiny. And what we found was that we could we could achieve vitamin D sufficiency um, in every woman, really, on 4,000 international units a day. Um, some women who have um, a higher weight are going to need perhaps more than that. But for the majority of women, 4,000 international units a day was shown to be safe. There was another trial. There have been other trials that have followed up on that and have shown that 4,000 international units a day um, is safe. And 
Um, we did another trial that was funded by the Thrasher Research Fund with it was a community-based trial. And these women were profoundly vitamin D deficient. And we're looking at their safety profile. We're looking at all the adverse events. And we're having to look at it by treatment, you know, by treatment group and then by your actual vitamin D in your blood. And lo and behold, what we found was that the women who had the better vitamin D status, whatever racial ethnic group, um, actually had a decreased risk of preterm birth. And, and that includes women with preeclampsia. That was borne out in um, a wonderful study. It's called the VDART study that was looking at um, vitamin D supplementation for the prevention of asthma that took place um, out of Brigham and Women's Hospital oh. with um, Dr. Weiss and Lutangjua. And, um, and so they found um, similar... And then we just um, completed a couple of years ago and still analyzing the data, um, a pregnancy study uh, funded by the Kellogg Foundation. And we see really interesting immune effects um, in pregnancy. So there, are, and it really makes a difference early on in pregnancy. Um, that seems to be the biggest effect. Dr. Wagner, um, when you say early in pregnancy, do you mean first trimester? Excuse me, yes. Um, okay. and, and so, you know, what we'd like to do is to really um, look at the differences in outcome preconception. That would be a very expensive study and a very long study, but there, there's movement afoot to do that. Okay. And, um, and so, at the very least, um, you know, women should not be vitamin D deficient. So, again, what do you, how do you define sufficiency? Well, in our NICHD trial, what we found was that 25-hydroxy vitamin D, remember I said that that's converted to the active form one a level in a non as higher than a non-pregnant individual and yet the woman does not have high calcium levels in her blood so oh. it's it's a really amazing event and what we found was the conversion of 25 to 125 okay so the pre-hormone to the active hormone takes uh-huh. place around a level of 40 nanograms per ml. And if you look at the VDART study data, and which is a much bigger study than our NICHD trial, that was uh, around 900 women, uh-huh. you see that if a woman achieves a level above 40, that she has less risk, a lower risk of preeclampsia. And you also see in, in our studies when we combine them, a lower risk of preterm labor and or preterm birth. And um, another study that was conducted in Iran um, that was published last year and my colleague um, Dr. Hollis was um, a co-author on that study, you see really profound vitamin D deficiency in those pregnant women and they had absolutely remarkable, remarkable um, response to vitamin D supplementation. When you talk about the response, when is that response measurable or observable? So it takes about, so the 
25-hydroxyvitamin D is your vitamin D status indicator. It's probably not the best indicator, but it's the best we have. Have okay. And um, it doesn't really tell you what's going at the cellular level. Um, so, you know, what you're trying to do is figure out, um, you know, what what level does a woman have? You try to get it to be 40 nanograms per ml. Um, 40 to 60, 40 to 70, that would be the range. And um, so you really want that to be achieved. And you, um, and if you don't achieve it, your, your likelihood of having risk factors during pregnancy increase. Does that mean that if you're vitamin D deficient that you're going to um, not uh, that you that you will I mean if you're vitamin D deficient does it automatically mean that you'll have you know preterm birth or preeclampsia? Well, no. Yeah. Okay. no, no, not at all. Okay. It just means we're talking about risks. And there was okay. a study in Bangladesh that was uh, published in the New England Journal of Medicine last year um, by um, Dr. Roth in um, out of um, Toronto Sick Children's, and that study showed really no effect. Um, on um, differences in in treatment. Now they they started the they they dosed weekly and they also started later in so in the second trimester. And um, so there are studies that are negative that um, show no effect. Um, and then um, if we you know move on to lactation. Lactation, yeah. So if you set the stage in pregnancy and a mom is vitamin D deficient um, so it takes about uh, two to three weeks uh, to get her level up um, to maybe you know if she's on 4,000 international units you would expect um, her level to rise and then by two months on that treatment she's at steady state and so a woman doesn't keep going up and up and up. It, it, the levels plateau. Okay. And the same is true in lactation. Um, but in lactation, about 20% of the mother's vitamin D is going into her milk. So she needs more. So we did two pilot studies um, in 2004 and then 2006. And then we conducted... Another large trial that also you might be interested in took place. One of the sites was Rochester, New York. Of course, so, I'm always interested in Rochester, New York. <laughs> yes, so higher higher latitude. Um, and so we... Um, and no sunshine that I can ever remember. Right, right. But um, the women there um, had were more likely to take their prenatal vitamins. So... At least they, we didn't see the profound deficiency that we um, often see here in the South because people don't go outside when it's really hot. Um, in any event, um, the lactation study, we compared um, three treatment groups, 400, 2400, and 6400, and we found as we predicted based on our pilot studies that the 6400 international unit group so these were moms that actually got 6,400 international units of vitamin D3 a day. Their babies got zero, so placebo. And um, were compared to moms who were getting 400 and their babies were getting 400. The babies' levels were similar, 
But of course, the mother's levels were very different. And we also showed that um, there were no safety issues, which is really, really important. Um, Adverse effects from this fat-soluble vitamin. Exactly. Because um, unlike, you know... You know, a little's good, uh, more is better. That is not the case not, with a right. fat-soluble vitamin. Right. So um, you have to you have to be careful. And and, and those people who study it, um, you know, you really you want to make sure that um, something that you're recommending is safe. And so uh, those of you who may be just one one shade lost here. Uh, Dr. Wagner is saying that because vitamin D is fat-soluble, it can accumulate, whereas uh, something like vitamin B, vitamin C, if you have too much vitamin C on board in a day, you will simply excrete it through your urine, 24 hours, it's gone, you're done. That is not the case with vitamin D, which is why they're, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm looking at this 6,400 IUs and I'm thinking, holy mackerel, how did you make sure that uh, these people would not have an adverse effect? I, I would be a little nuts. Oh, well, we were watching them like hawks. So we had to get urinary calcium creatinine ratios every month, serum calcium, phosphorus, urine, and I'm sorry, serum cre- creatinine. So we're looking at... Yeah. You know, because the, when you start having too much vitamin D, um, it causes your, your calcium to go up. And so you start spilling calcium in your urine. So you sure. start. Yep. And um, and so that would be the first sign Don't of toxicity. Go there. Yeah. yeah. And otherwise, you could turn your kidneys to stone if you had too much. Um, but doctors uh, Reinhold Vieth um, in uh, Toronto and the late uh, Robert Haney did exquisite studies in men actually um, looking at um, levels of vitamin D and they showed that up to 10,000 international units a day was safe for extended periods up to five months. So that was that those those two studies allowed us to do what we accomplished in our pregnancy and lactation trials. Okay. All right. Now I'm feeling a little better. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So Dr. Wagner, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking if I were a woman who was pregnant or lactating right now, and I can assure you, I am way too old to do either one of those things. uh, What questions would I be asking myself or my physician about whether or not I had enough calcium, excuse me, enough vitamin D on board and if so, what should I be doing about it? Uh, because you've just said in the last segment that the 400 IUs is not necessarily a magic number. So if I'm the woman in this situation, what question am I asking to my doc? Well, what you can do is ask for a vitamin D level, a 25-hydroxy vitamin D level. Okay. And the problem with that is it there's a cost associated with that and you could or you could just say well um, these studies have been done they've been shown to be safe Um, you could recommend 4,000 international units a day for a pregnant woman and you could recommend 6,400 international units a day for a lactating woman but you know you're talking about um, we've studied hundreds of women and you know a lot of people want to see thousands of women studied so getting a level is a safety measure um and 
again, you know, we have not seen toxicity and um, other studies um, also have uh, confirmed our findings. Um, but getting a level um, really tells you where you're starting and you might have another check um, down, down the line. Um, I think that, you know, we, we prescribe a lot of medications and we do a lot of things and people say, oh, that's going to increase the cost of healthcare by $20 million. Well, I tell you that if you're vitamin D deficient, you're going <laughs> to increase the cost of healthcare by billions. So um, I think it's a good point to, to know where you start. Um, there are ways, um, so grassrootshealth.net is a nonprofit organization, and they can actually, women can, um, anyone can um, sign in and order a kit, and it comes in the mail, and they can actually have their level checked. Wow. That was grassrootshealth.net. Did I get that yes, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. And they have a website, and they are all about, um, you know, the dissemination of knowledge about vitamin D. Yeah, it also sounds like they are also all about the uh, what you just implied a minute ago, which is the uh, pound of prevent the the ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Absolutely. Yeah, because if you don't know this and you don't get on top of it early in the game. Uh, you're going to have a whole lot more expensive of a problem and a lot bigger problem to solve. So that is is interesting. For those of you who are totally fascinated by all this, as I am, we are talking with Dr. Carol Wagner, who has done research on the vitamin D, and we will be talking with her much more in just a few minutes. Do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuso. Here with Dr. Carol Wagner. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report. 
so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Dr. Carol Wagner talking about vitamin D, vitamin D deficiencies, looking at uh, how to tell what the woman's vitamin D is and the impact of it if she does not have enough vitamin D on board. And we talked a little bit about some of the dangers of having too much vitamin D because that's uh, some is good, but too much is not good. Can you talk to us a little bit about how mothers can get vitamin D in their diet or through a natural source? You certainly mentioned that we need to be out in the sunshine more. And I'm thinking that nowadays so many of us are tethered to, and our kids for that matter, are tethered to their inside, uh, their whatever it is, computer that they're working on. But it, it feels to me like it's not like when I was a little kid where we went out and played in the sandbox and st- did stuff like that. So I think that we're just not getting as much sunshine. But you also mentioned other things. I was not aware of the mushroom thing. I get more and more mothers who tell me that they don't want to drink milk. So what can you suggest that the woman can do for herself other than just taking the supplements? Unfortunately, the amount of vitamin D in common foods is pretty low. So in our studies that we've done with literally now more than 2,000 women, the average vitamin D intake that these women got from their diet uh, was about 200 international units a day. So that's not really very much. And some... Some you know you'd have to eat pounds of mushrooms to get to get enough, <laughs> right? So who who's going to eat that? Or now it's true that if you were um, 
in Inuit and you had um, whale blubber or you had um, lots and lots and lots of fish and that was really what your, you know, your subsistence. Yes, exactly. Um, Then you would have certainly enough. But um, most people don't have those kinds of diets. And so then the other alternative is sunlight exposure. And we know the dangers of too much sunlight exposure because if you get a sunburn, um, that's not really very good. And repeated, um, you know, skin damage from the sun can lead to um, skin cancers. Um, But so, you know, that's why sunscreen was developed. Unfortunately, it blocks one of the most elegant systems in the body of making a pre-pro hormone. And so when you slather sunscreen on, you have to know that you're preventing vitamin D synthesis. And when you, um, and, and so that's, that's an issue. So I think um, if you are going to go out in the sun, you can really, in a bathing suit in the summer, um, you can make in 10 or 15 minutes if you have lighter skin pigmentation. If you have darker skin pigmentation, you need more um, sunlight to get the same amount in, made in, in your skin. Um, and, um, but there are some dermatologists who would take issue with that. Certainly, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. And, you know, and, um, and in Europe, um, they advocate, you know, sunlight exposure. Certainly no one's ever gotten vitamin D intoxication or poisoned by, you know, they might've gotten, um, sun poisoning, but not from too much vitamin D. So the body, um, has, um, a way of making, of, of, you know, changing the metabolism. And, and so you, you don't develop toxicity from that, which is made in your skin. Um, unlike if you, you can definitely take too much vitamin D supplement. So I guess that brings me to, if I am pregnant or lactating, should I be out in the sunshine? And if so, how much? Well, you know, again, it really depends on your skin pigmentation, and it also depends on where you live. Um, And so if you're at a really high latitude, like Rochester, New York, for example, um, then, you know, you're... Um, certainly you can make great amounts of vitamin D in July. But if you were to um, stand outside, and Michael Hollick, who's also a wonderful vitamin D researcher, he'll say, you know, I could stand buck naked in Boston in November, and I'm not going to make a lick of vitamin D. <laughs> so and, you know, right, it's true. So it, so it depends on where you are. Um, and so here in sunny South Carolina, where I live, um, in Charleston, um, you know, you can make vitamin D a lot longer during the year by going out, um, but it's surface area. So if you just have your face exposed, you're not going to make very much. If you have your back and your legs and your arms exposed, you're going to make much more. Um, and again, you have to, you know, you don't want to have enough you don't want to have sunlight exposure to the point that you you get a sunburn that would not be very good 
I just have to chuckle a little bit here because I'm thinking that when I moved to the greater Washington, D.C. area, I was astonished that people had a day with sunshine and then another day with sunshine and then a third day with sunshine. I I was like, wow, this is amazing. I had spent most of my life either living in Rochester, New York, or just outside of Rochester, New York, and it was cloudy all the time. (laughs) Yes, yes. uh, I was really astonished at how much difference there would be, and that made a lot of sense to me. what you were just saying now, you can't give a one-size-fits-all because the climate is very different, which, by the way, from Washington, D.C. to Rochester, New York, is 385 miles, all right? It's not that far, but it really makes a difference. Not that I've ever made that drive before, but anyway. (laughs) uh, (laughs) And so it also depends on, I'm sure, whether or not you have your long sleeves and yes. what your skin tone is and yes so that's why you can't really put a number on this exactly and then if you uh-huh. if you have uh, if you're um, overweight um, if you have a higher body mass index then you're going to need more um, vitamin d to achieve the same level because uh-huh. the you know it really um it's a fat soluble vitamin and it goes into the fat all right so I don't know if I'm just imagining this, but it sort of felt to me like about the time that everybody was putting sunscreen on their kids after six months was about uh, shortly thereafter was when we got all of this hype about all of these kids that we found with rickets. And I'm thinking, and I'm really working hard for this now, but I think that the AAP came out with that first statement around 2006 or so. And yes. it, it, am I right on the 2006? Um, they came out, it was, it was 2003 that they oh, came okay. out with a 200 international unit yes. um, per day. Up, and then right. in right. 2008, um, um, I, I was involved in writing that statement um, that was recommending the 400 international units a day for all breastfeeding babies. But we know, and okay, parents, you're out there and you're going to have to agree with me <laughs> that we're not very good at giving vitamin D supplements to our babies. No, it's we're, true. we're much better at giving it to ourselves. And, you know, it can spill, it tastes awful maybe, or, you know, those, um, those horrible multivitamins. I mean, they're just god-awful. <laughs> I keep asking the the vitamin companies to come up with something a little better here yeah yeah but um anyway so um if these you know if a mom's deficient in vitamin d her developing fetus will be deficient in vitamin d and if you know she continues that deficiency after and she's breastfeeding that baby is going to be vitamin vitamin d deficient now you can give the baby the vitamin d and mom will remain vitamin d deficient the baby will have a you know, good vitamin D level, good, you know, will not be vitamin D deficient. And, but we wonder, you know, why not make the mom vitamin D replete so then both the mom and baby are sufficient? Yes, yes. And we think it has really significant effects on the mother's immunity and the immune signature of her milk. And that we're actively studying that. Ooh, uh, give us a preview, Dr. Wagner. 
Well, yes. So we think that if mom is vitamin D replete, those cells we talked about way earlier on, you know, the macrophages and the monocytes, they get into mother's milk and they act, yeah, they get into her milk and they're ingested by the baby and they act differently. If you look at them in the milk and you look at them in the lab, um, we see really significant differences. The fat that envelops so the membrane, excuse me, that envelops the fat, the milk fat globule membrane, actually has very different um, sphingolipid lengths um, depending on mom's vitamin D status. So we're, at, you know, so we have the hints of things. It's just, um, it's a lot of work, and um, I expect probably another 10 years we can have this conversation and be more definitive. But it's exciting. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. So help us with this. You gave us one really good resource, which was the, I'm checking my notes here uh, without my glasses. Oh, grass, uh, grassroots, grassroots Health. Yes. What other resources can you suggest for mothers uh, lactating or otherwise that might be interesting, helpful? Um, you know, unfortunately, there aren't a lot. Okay. Well, even that's good to know. Then we know that we're not just going down a, a dark hole here. Yes. I, I think that there are some, you know, breastfeeding sites that might bring up about vitamin D. And, again, you really, you have to ask the question, what works for you? If, if you're breastfeeding and you're taking 400 international units a day and you go outside in the sun and, you know, you have a level that's 50, 60, then your baby's going to have really good amount of vitamin D in your milk and you can continue doing what you're doing. But if you're, if you get your vitamin D level checked and it's less than 20, you are in big trouble. Okay. Um, yeah. And that means, you know, you are not going to have milk that's going to give your baby enough vitamin D. So you have two choices. One you can give your baby the vitamin D supplement, the drops or, you know, the liquid. Or you can increase your intake of vitamin D, make yourself sufficient, and then give your baby milk. Basically, you're, you're lacto-engineering your milk to be, you're fortifying your milk, and your baby's going to have enough vitamin D. So those are your choices. Yes, And as I understood it from our earlier discussion, it seems to me that you're saying that even if, even if you, the mother, are vitamin D deficient today, you can turn that around inside of a couple of weeks. Yes, that's true. I mean, to me, that's a very, very small amount of time. uh, And I'm thinking, yikes, uh, why wouldn't you do it? It's really just not that hard it's not but, hard and it and you know again it's safe i think that if you have any question at all but you have to know that there are physicians and there are people who would disagree with what i'm saying sure and um you know there there's controversy but i do think that um there are a few people who would um doubt the safety um, they may, um, and I'm, I'm talking about pregnant women and I'm talking about lactating women. I'm not talking about other Others, yeah. times in the, in the lifespan. And, um, so 
but I do think that everyone should empower themselves to know that they, you know, how, how, what's their vitamin D level and, and to do something about it and make a decision. And you can, you know, read if you want and, and listen to these kinds of discussions and go forth. Empowered. Yes. 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 Basically, uh, Dr. Wagner has just told us, know your levels, know your options, and really get on top of this before it turns into something much bigger. Wow. This goes always, always too fast. And this has been one of those times when I think Dr. Wagner and I could have talked much, much more about this, but it has been hugely, hugely uh, enlightening for me, and I'm sure for all of our listeners around the globe, thank you so much, Dr. Carol Wagner, for being with us today. Well, thank you. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, there will be another episode next week. And please, by all means, in the meantime, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.